It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Excuse me! Hey everyone, this is Vicky Guerrero, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. off by getting into how did you get into wrestling so i i've read up that i guess it was eddie originally who got you into wrestling like before that it was kind of like all right what is this thing but you know going on a blind date with eddie he's in wrestling kind of gets you involved <laughs> in it and you're like i want to keep this guy around so i might want to know a little bit of his interests yeah you know when i was growing up i hated wrestling i mean i was a cheerleader and a dancer i had four younger brothers who always had wrestling on uh, but, you know, of course, I only watched the cute guys and, of course, like Randy Macho Man and the Von Erics were on TV a lot. But, you know, it wasn't my interest. But meeting Eddie on a blind date and knowing that he was a wrestler, I mean, he was gorgeous and I thought he was really handsome. I thought he's a keeper. But then <laughs> later I found out that my family already knew the Guerreros because my grandfather used to make eddie's dad's robes and boots in his leather shop in el paso oh wow and eddie and i used to play in the playpen we were like one and two years old you never knew this until like you got a little bit older like um when we started dating my grandmother's like i already know them like i know who eddie is i know his parents and so we always thought it was like faith that we were supposed to meet and you know get and get married and have kids so it was i I thank my grandmother for that I just think it's interesting because like, so I kind of grew up watching wrestling, I guess, kind of in the peak attitude era. Now it's funny because it's like the Monday Night Wars, you have WCW on one side and it's weird. It's it's funny to me because I'll remember watching Raw and SmackDown and watching like WCW, like just the Saturday night stuff, just because I'm at my aunt's and like, that's, that's where I'd see it. So it's cool to me to watch him kind of go from WCW, go to WWE and seeing the whole storyline that he had with Rey Mysterio. And then that's like Mm -hmm. kind of when you first got involved. And at first I was like, you know, you're, I believe I'm probably like nine, 10, maybe a little bit older, but like I'm buying the storyline. I'm like, what? Like, (laughs) why are you doing this? Like, she's (laughs) like, this is your wife. She's clearly upset. Why are you being an ass? But I like how, like when you get older, you appreciate these storylines a bit more, but I like loved how that was your first role kind of into the wrestling and then I was yeah, like, oh, I, playing this very well I, I don't think I, I was enjoying the storyline at first because <laughs> it was it was really getting personal because my aunts and my grandmother and my cousins would call me and be like I can't believe Eddie's done this to you <laughs> like when how dare he have an affair and find out that he has a son you know that's been in this world and I knew what the psychology was I knew what was going on behind the scenes but I love the business so much that I protected it, you know, to where I had to go along with my aunt's crying and thinking bad of Eddie and calling him names. And I'd be like, well, it's okay. You know, it's okay, Thea. I love him. We're going to work this out. And then, you know, seeing this whole storyline progress with Ray's family and then bringing the girls and myself on screen. Yeah. um, You know, Vince, he's just, he brings everybody in for the big, you know, storylines. And he was very good at that. So when I got to uh, work with Eddie, it was a lot of fun. But at the same time, I didn't want to screw up anything that we were doing because I had to go home with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because it's in a time before like social media, essentially, too. So it's, it's easier to kind of protect it. But I love how like, you know, I can just imagine it like these Thanksgivings or Christmases. You're like... <laughs> You just scroll around the room. You got people like looking at Eddie like this and you're just they're like, you're like, ah, if they only knew, but I can't. Yeah, I can't. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Eddie and I had fun with it, you know, because uh, to to do it, we love so much. And I just had a little piece of that storyline. Uh, Dominic was the star. I mean, pretty much. And, and you look at him today. And yeah. I, I feel so old because I'm like. <laughs> You know, he's such a natural and the whole family, you have Aaliyah in there now. And, but, you know, to have the whole family together and to have a great time behind the scenes uh, is something that was uh, just a great time on TV. So I really appreciated being a part of that. 
you feel old. I go back and watch it. And I, I remember watching it. <laughs> and then like, and then I'll say to my friends, like, I remember watching and they're like, yeah, sure you do. I'm like, I, I do. And now I feel old because now this guy is actually in the, in the WWE and Ray's still there. And I'm just still like, I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. And I, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've gotten older, but I can just say wiser now. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the famous things I like about that kind of feud, like now, of course, the build up to it. And I know like kind of follow like walk culture and cultaholics sometimes watching videos. That's kind of how I keep up with wrestling today. But it's like they always show like either a, a botch or a blooper where it's like Eddie's on top, I guess, of the of the ladder. And it's like, you're supposed to come out. And then it's like, where the fuck is Vicky? And I was just still like, I feel like going like, oh my God, she's having that kind of, it's like, not the, when the Godfather was playing another role, uh, Papa Shango moment where it's like, she's supposed to run out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, we're going to stop right there. Was it my fault to not come out? Because if you guys watch the match, and I yeah. explained this in the book that I'm writing, that they could not send me out yet because Ray was underneath the ladder. And so for all this to happen, Eddie had to cut back down the ladder and get Ray out of it and put him in the corner so I could run out and and get to the ladder and push Eddie off. So people actually, Vince McMahon was telling me, hold on, you can't go out yet, just wait a minute. And so they're trying to tell Eddie, you know, you gotta get Ray out of the ladder, off the ladder from the bottom and get him to the corner. So just for record speaking, yeah. <laughs> public knowledge, I did not fuck up my spot, okay? <laughs> well, well, perfect. I'm glad we got that out of the way because like when I like because sometimes when you're watching this stuff it's like you know everyone has their own opinion of it and I'm just still like you kind of see it and I'm like okay like did she or like is someone just miscue because like there are times in wrestling that it does happen and then the, you, oh, hear, yeah. you hear the folk tales after of like no that's definitely on her it's like and then you hear like <laughs> oh it's definitely not so can you please correct that like come on yeah I mean I can hear Eddie from the ring in the back like yeah. yelling at me and I'm just like. I'm, I'm like, he's yeah. hating me. Like, he's going to yeah. know that he's just pissed off right now. Yeah. But, you know, from the ref to talk to Eddie out there and get everything yeah. straightened out. So, because in order for me, when I ran out, I had to be ready to knock him off the ladder. You yeah. know, so I couldn't do that with Ray being underneath because that was dangerous for him with the ladder, you Absolutely. know, the way it was positioned. So, just an FYI to everyone, <laughs> I didn't screw up my spot. <laughs> I feel like I feel like when you go backstage, you're probably going to Ed, like saying to Eddie, like, "What are you? Come on, I know what I'm doing." Yeah, there was there was some conversations going on when he got back. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, no, it's like it's one of those matches that I'll look back at and like you know, even with their WCW matches, like right off the hop, you could see they have real good energy, real good like ring work. Um, he's had like good matches there, even with Benoit. Yeah. So it, it's crazy though. The reason that I, I bring this up is when I mentioned about going from the attitude era, like I, I grew up watching Austin Rock. That feud was for me, got me into it. And then, you know, when they start getting kind of older, going off on their own, I was like, okay, like, you know, I, I like the whole storyline aspect, but like the wrestling's great too. But then when you look at like Benoit, Guerrero, Mysterio, you're like, wow, like these guys are doing stuff in the ring that I'm just going to be like, I'm not even trying that out in my backyard because, you know, your mom be like, did you just try her Karana? To who? <laughs> who are you trying yeah. to her Karana? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. the magic of Benoit, Mysterio, and Malenko, and just is great. Not only were they just family and friends, but these legends, you know, they made magic in the ring. And, and to go back and watch, you know, their matches is something that's a, a special gift to the fans and, and to the legacy of, of wrestling, you know, and, and to go back and be able to push Eddie off the ladder, you know, <laughs> le legally, yeah, legally. life was not allowed to do yeah, that. Yeah. You know? But I was like, this is my one chance yeah, it, to yeah. like get everything back to Eddie. <laughs> yeah. You're just there like you're like when you're going down having that moment, you're like, you're like, I gotta think of everything that like, you know, the like something they forgot, like the anniversary you forgot, or if you got to give me flowers, this is coming out, boom. And then like he's like, Whoa, take it easy. You're like, No, I have to. It's like I have to play this yeah. card. But I just bring it that wasn't up. hard. <laughs> I bring it up because like so once Austin and the Rock go, it's like Benoit, the WrestleMania 20 moment, obviously. I, I had friends over. We watched it kind of live. And I was like, this is so cool to see them where they started, where they're going. You're at a young age, so you, you kind of don't appreciate as much as when you get older. That's who I kind of kept on watching wrestling for. And then, you know, when you see the news of him passing, I was like, 
my, my dad showed me the newspaper and this is in Newfoundland, like in Canada, they had it as an article. And I was like, okay, like that's, that's a weird storyline. Where are you going? And then when it's like, no, this is real. I was like, you know, still not phantoming it in your mind. Yeah. Uh, walking to school with a friend, you're like, I don't know where to go from here. Like, am I going to watch wrestling? Cause now my favorite two are like, you know, Benoit's still around, but it's like when, even when Benoit goes, you're kind of like, okay, so what's like, what do I do? Yeah. It's, it's really a, a sad situation, you know, where it, of course, you know, granted, and, and every day you wake up, you know, when you, when you wake up, it's a blessing and you never know when God's going to take someone that you love. And uh, it's always the good guys that, that are gone too soon, you know, and, and not only because Eddie was my husband and my best friend, but he was just, he loved performing. I mean, he loved the fans. He loved the business. And we never knew that. I mean, he just got clean. He'd been clean for four years and we were expecting another 10 years of, you know, him being able to enjoy this business, you know, clean and sober. So it was very, it was a big shock to the, to the industry. And then, you know, to lose Benoit after that, we don't understand sometimes, you know, why these things happen, but I just have to believe that there was a, a reason and a purpose for it. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, giving him full praise here. He was actually one of the first books when I was younger that I bought, like his his actual, like the book. And like, you're in like junior high, going to school. Like, you know, these are tough years in junior high where like people just kind of quickly grasp of what you are. And here I am yeah. going to school, like trying to, you know, be older than you are being like, well, I have a wrestling book and I'm going to read it. And then you're like, <laughs> a wrestling book, you're going to read that. And you're just still like, yeah, why, why not? But it was interesting. Like, I can still remember some parts of the book where it's like, you know, when him and Chavo were wrestling. And at first it was kind of like, okay, like, keep them entertained. Keep the crowd entertained. And then to the point where it's like, you can no longer wrestle for intermission because people are sticking around. And I'm like, like, right there, that should kind of tell you that he was born to do it. Because people are not going like, ah, there's two kids in the ring. We're going to leave. Like, I don't, I don't know why they're doing that. But, like, you know, they're gone. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's... um. You know, to, for Eddie's book, I still can't read his book. And, you know, oh, wow. I mean, uh, it's I was there during the whole time for the process when he was writing it and working with his writer. Uh, but to, you know, I still have the book, uh, you know, on my bookshelf, but I can't read it. And my girls, you know, they've read through it. I just, because I can just hear so many of Eddie's emotions and his thoughts that he put into this project. And um, it's a very, um, it's just a great a life story of his, you know, and he put a lot of thought into it. So it's something that um, I'm really proud of. And I, and today the fans are still thanking me for his book. You know, like, I just love his book and he's helped me so much. And Eddie's story is great. I mean, it's just something that, you know, you have to, you have to have known him in his matches and, and got to know him as a legend to really appreciate the struggles he did and how he beat the demons. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, it was like one of the first books I bought. And like, you know, I'm again, a stone, I'm like an Austin fan and Austin has a book out. So like my brother bought that and I was like, yeah, but I want my own kind of collection. So I'm going to start here. <laughs> and then like, I don't know, I, I just really liked it. And like, you know, watching some, like even watching some great matches of his or feuds, like I, I'm watching like some of the old WCW stuff for the amount of time that like I kind of can, because sometimes the network yeah. kind of craps out on me, but like, it's literally watching some of the matches and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm young, so I don't remember it very vividly, but then going back and watching it, you're like, geez, like, this is entertaining. You're like, WCW, like, what are, you, what are you doing? You had these guys here, and you just kind of let them leave, but I guess they were kind of, like, you know, unhappy at the time. WWE took care of them, kind of helped them to their stardom, but, like... Yeah, there's a lot of bad days in WCW where, you know, our checks were being uh, good. You know, you take them to the bank, and they weren't, they were outstanding, and the management, and, you know, all that whole history has been said, but, you know, for the radicals to jump to WWE was just such a fun time, you know, for uh, the four guys to, you know, be a part of a bigger company. And it was Eddie's dream to be, you know, working for Vince. So it, it was a great experience. But then, you know, that's when Eddie dislocated his elbow on his first broad yeah. splash there. And you just kind of shake your head going like, I just don't understand how this can happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Eddie wasn't fun for the first three months, you know, you oh, know yeah. getting, you know, getting operated on and waiting his turn to be on a, in a company that was his dream. So, but eventually, you know, it got worked out and he was able to get his stuff together. So it, it, it turned out to be a great story. Once he passed, Sometimes it's kind of like you go through the motions of like, okay, what do, what do I do? Like, where do I kind of fit into this? Um, now, I kind of give you a lot of credit because 
you know, from that one role in that kind of ladder match, it's like, okay, well, geez, that's all we're ever going to see of her. And now I, again, like I mentioned, I kind of fell out of watching WWE at this point. Like I, I still kind of watch clips and bits of AEW and WWE, just think, you know, through Cultaholics, wrestling, all that. But yeah. I really enjoyed how you came in with your own role and kind of created your own legacy with like the whole excuse me um, <laughs> being like, and I mean, this is when you're younger, of course, as a heel uh, or even as like a heel manager, heel GM, you want like nothing more than to like spit in their face, hate them, punch them. Like, and like, you don't care. You're a kid. You're like, if I see her in person, I'm going to let her know what it is. And it's like, but you know, she's playing a role. It's like, not to me. But when you get older and you appreciate, like, if you still kind of hate a person as you're older or, like, hate that kind of role they play, it's like, yeah. you kind of give them credit. Like, I know when I'm watching Britt Baker, for example, I'm like, man, like, I I hate, like, I hate. <laughs> but, like, she's such a good wrestler. But, like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah. why are you like this? You're a dentist. Like, I'm sure people come into her dentistry or and then they're like, not her. I don't like her. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I think the only reason, you know, when Eddie passed, you know, me and my girls just kind of isolated from everyone and tried to, we're just trying to structure our life again. When WWE called me, you know, I asked them, I said, why would you want me to yeah. come to this role? And, you know, but I, I was able to do backstage vignettes with Eddie and memorize the lines and, and I wasn't scared of the camera. And of course I had Eddie by my side. So it was, it was very comforting to work with him. And I performed before, you know, through cheer and dance and, you know, bands and stuff. So it was, that part didn't bother me. You know, I, I just was more worried about Eddie and what he was going to think because he was such a perfectionist in his work. But, you know, when they called me and said, you know, we'd like you to come back um, and, you know, induct Eddie in the Hall of Fame and then perhaps let's talk about maybe a role to help uh, keep Eddie's name in the storylines with Benoit and Mysterio and Chris Jericho and Batista. Like there were so many guys that were telling me they wanted me to work with. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, th this is my family. Like these are yeah. my friends and I, I don't want to insult the business. Yeah. So I'm just going to stay, let's just call it for two months. I'll go for two months, you know, bring Eddie's name up, you know, do a little bit, you know, here and there. Cause I still have my girls. They were young and I, yeah. I just moved to El Paso, but they said, okay, great. You know, let's see where this goes. And two months ended up being 10 years. And I, um, I loved it. I mean, cause I loved watching Eddie perform and I loved, I just love the company. I love the industry. I love the business. So for them to give me the opportunity and I, I was finding my own talent, which I never knew I had as, you know, a general manager or a bag. <laughs> I was really shocked, but I really loved who, who I was becoming on TV. And I, and I embraced it. Cause I think I watched Eddie too much to, to be nothing but a heel. <laughs> yeah. but I, and that's, what I mean, like it's a, it's a great role. Like sometimes when you see a, a heel on TV and you're like, okay, I can't really buy them as a heel or it's like, they're trying their hardest, but it's not working. But it's like, you know, when I hear that, excuse me, when it just, when I'm looking at like past clips where it's like, you know, Cena in the ring and they're just kind of like picking on oh, you. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, they're, they're doing like, they're picking on her, but like, she's clearly playing this character. Well, like that. I feel like when they're backstage, everything's all laughs, all fine, good and dandy, but it's just, you know, coming out and playing this part where people are booing you. But then like, you know, when, when you leave, like when you left the company, I'm sure they have like a, a wide appreciation for the role that you played, but do you ever yeah. like kind of, you know, when you're in these segments, when you're doing the kind of excuse me, do like do it? Do you ever crack? Do you ever have moments where it's like, oh man, like the way that that person's just looking at me, or the way that I said that, like you're kind of like trying to hold back a smile. I think the only time that I broke character was, uh, I believe, it was Austin, Texas, and I was working with Dolph Ziggler and John Cena in the ring, and for some reason. Every time that I would bring the mic to my mouth, the fans would just go wild, like to keep me from talking. And so, of course, John picks up, you know, really quick of how, you know, the fans are going to treat me. And I had a, a, a pretty big promo that night to try and talk to John. It was probably some reason I was pissed off that he, Adolph, lost. And so John would just keep telling the crowd, okay, guys, calm down, calm down. Let's let her talk. And as soon as I bring the mic up, I mean, the, the fans were just so loud. Even the TV trucks had to turn down the mic. Oh, because wow. It got so loud in there. But we went at least 25 minutes on live TV, like back and forth. And John was just egging the crowd like, okay, guys, let's just give her a chance to talk. And the crowd was like not having it. 
And I even, I had to turn around and look at Dolph and I just smiled. I was like, this is crazy. Like, I can't even say what I'm supposed to say right now. And Dolph's like, it's not going to happen tonight. Like, <laughs> we're like, and get a word in. <laughs> but I mean, to work with John, you know, and um, for him to have fun with me in the ring, we went backstage and it, you know, we're a family, you know, we want to yeah. perform the best that we can so we can promote each other and make each other shine in the ring. So for him to say I had a good time, I was in good hands, you know, in the yeah. ring with him and Dolph. It, it's funny because it's like, you know, the type of character that you're playing is like, you know, a kind of a heel and a, a bit of a goofball as well. But I, I think like it, it works. It like, it kind of speaks to you as a person to kind of like, cause I know sometimes you'll hear like, oh, wrestlers have a big ego. Like there's all kinds of shoot interviews out there where people are like, well, bury Hulk Hogan, bury ultimate warrior, blah, blah, blah. But like when you have someone come in and they're like, yeah, like, you know, let's, let's do what we can. I'll have fun with it. Like you over time appreciate it more because you're like, Imagine if you had to come in and be like, no, we're not doing any of that. Like, I want to be taken serious. And then they're like, oh, okay. Like, how are we going to work with this? Like, and then like for you to kind of be like, okay, like, yeah, you can tease me here, make fun here. Have this, excuse me, go like kind of big, like have it famous, you know, kind of speaks more to your character on and off camera, which I think is really cool. And I guess like you should, I'm sure with both AEW and WWE, you still have people with inside kind of both companies that you interact with your buddies with because of like the personality that you present. Yeah. You know, I was, I'm always a team player, you know, whether it was food fights or, you know, <laughs> getting, uh, getting stuck, you know, and, you know, Stephanie McMahon vomiting on me or, <laughs> you know, some guy breaking my heart. It, it's all about being the team player and to be a part of that story. And, you know, I, I got to work with some guys that were just amazing. I mean, just legends like edge and, Batista and um, you know Jericho and to just be a little part of that story or for that night I wanted to give a hundred percent so whatever it is they wanted you know it was it was up to me to either participate or not and I was a hundred percent in every night so um, to be able to have them trust me and to be uh, and to enjoy working with me that's all I cared about was that I was going to do well for them. No, oh, absolutely. I I think it's kind of interesting because like, you know, again, once once your WWE is over and I like how even, you know, you had the last match with Stephanie. And I think, of course, the, the thing that it's kind of interesting with the McMahons in a way, like because it's like they won't ask you to do anything they won't do kind of like that's the whole kind of motto that they build around. And I just think it's interesting because I'm like, well, gee, is like what about like, you know, sometimes when you're looking at people's age, like Vince now, I know I've seen clips of him kind of showing like, oh, well, this is how you jump off a scaffold or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like okay. You're, you're almost like as a wrestler, like if he's going to do it, I kind of got to now because it makes me look bad. But like if, if he's doing it and I don't, but I just love the match that of course, and you said, I believe in an interview, like it was just great to have like Stephanie kind of have the confidence too of going in a match with you. And I guess a little bit of, courage or knowing that okay this is going to work i think it went yeah. well like even if it's a farewell but like i i just love the fact that even if a crowd kind of boos you as a heel on your way out it's like if they cheer you as you you're going out or like you know either or if they're cheering you loudly as you leave because you're like you're we're never going to see her again or if they're booing you you're like you know you did your job because if you yeah. leave and they're kind of like oh thank god like i couldn't stand that blah 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 you're like okay i didn't i didn't commit this isn't going great but well, I, I think when people hate me outside the, <laughs> then I've done my job, you know. And, exactly. Um, and but you know, for Stephanie, you know, I I gave WWE a year, you know, to give my notice, and I yeah. wanted to let you know let them know that things were changing at the company, and I wasn't, you know, happy. And so, you know, when they finally decided to do like a farewell match, and Stephanie was able to do the mud match in a dress, may I, yeah. may I add, yeah. I was, um, and to go out with Eddie's music, you know, I was like, man, do I have to quit to get all this fun stuff handed to me? Yeah, like, yeah. this is, <laughs> you know, but um, I was really happy I got to leave on my terms, and it was a good run, you know, but I wanted to do other things in life, and I just felt like there was more in I wanted to do in wrestling, but I wasn't going to grow anymore, you know, at WWE. So I just wanted to be respectful to them and just go out on my own terms. Well, absolutely. And I like the fact that like, again, when you, when you pop up an AEW, you now I kind of feel like, and I, and I hope it's not a shot at AEW in any way, but like, I feel like AEW for a part of it, it's like your alternative, like kind of like a WCW, not, not in the whole downfall part. I like, I hope it don't happen. I, I kind of think AEW is doing really well, but I like how, they have, you know, the people that were involved with WCW are involved with AEW 
to the point where I feel like it's a better mesh. Like it's almost like, okay, here's where we want to go with this. Here's what we want to do. And I, I kind of want to just implement like, how did, how did you get involved with AEW? Cause I know even watching like dark side, of the ring, I, I believe like you're good friends with Jericho. Even when you did mm-hmm. your debut, Jericho was like Vicky. And I'm like, okay, as much as that's a character, I feel like that's very sincere of him to be like, I'm glad she's here with us. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, you know, when AEW had started, the EVPs like Cody Rhodes and, you know, the Young Bucks and you have uh, Kenny Omega, they really set a precedence of restructuring a wrestling business to be for the better good of the, of the talent. Cody Rhodes, you know, having a lot of say of how the wrestlers were going to be treated was something that had to be, that was pretty impressive to me just watching as a fan at home. One was the schedule, you know, because there's just a lot of respect of, you know, working one night a week, you know, for a live show that just showed that he wanted these, he wanted us to have a personal life and to rest and to be good, you know, for, for the next TV and just the way he's structured everything. It's, it just says a lot of from him coming from WWE and also other, you know, other wrestlers and backstage agents to say, you know, if you come over here, this is how we're going to improve things. This is how, you know, we're putting the wrestler first before the business. And I think that's really important. And also the creativity. When I went there, they gave me the bullet points and they said, okay, go do a promo. And I was like, wait, there's no like like 10 pieces of paper with a promo that's like eight pages long. And they, they really let us have the creative, you know, elements to promote our character of how we feel we want to be, you know, a set in that storyline. I think that just says a lot because at WWE, we were very controlled. It was very micromanaged. And it, that took a lot of the joy away, you know, from us performing our, our character. So with me being at home and watching AEW, I love the product. I loved watching it. And I was a fan, especially of the women. And of course, seeing my friends move over there, I was happy for them. I and mean, this is like a new beginning and a new company that was appreciating the work that the wrestlers did. So when I got to uh, do a few things for AEW and I went on the Jericho cruise and I got to uh, get to know Tony Khan a little bit more and that's talking, you know, I just, I felt really comfortable with him and he like he says, you know, he doesn't feel like he's at work or he's doing a job. He's having fun. And he literally has a smile on his face the whole two hours during the show and even all during the day. And he's just a fantastic person because he just wants to have fun and bring these storylines and, and promote the, the superstars that he has. And it's just a no stress environment. It really is. And so when I told him, I said, I want, I want to work here. I love what you're doing. I love the women's division. I love what the men are doing and I love the creativity. And so after, you know, uh, especially during COVID, it was kind of, I didn't think I was going to, anything yeah. was going to happen. But when they signed me, I've, I've been, I've had a smile on my face every time I come to work and it's just a great environment. It's stress-free and everyone just truly is a, a loving family. And it's, uh, it's been a great, a great time since I've been signed. Like, I, I like how you brought up kind of COVID too, because I, I think when you have um, like superstars come over, like if the fans were there, you'd see like a massive pop or a massive kind of explosion. Like, I, I feel like, you know, when you do come out for your, like the first night on your AEW, I'm like, if there's fans there, you I, I would just love to see the reaction because you know, there's going to be a few of them that are going to like cheer and be like, okay, she's here. And then they're like, hold on, what are you doing? She's, she's heel. We got to boo her as well. Like there's going to be fans that are like, yes, like Vicky's here. This is awesome. Then there's others going to be like, hold on, before I put my hands up and go cheer, it's like, oh, wait, this is, this is bad. This is not good. It's like, boo. But like inside, they're still, they're still happy. They're still like excited that you're there. But I love how even in your promo, like you mentioned, there's bulletin points. There's not a big long page. And I think, you know, as again, when you grow up, I feel like in the attitude era of wrestling, it was pretty much like, yeah, go out there, have fun, do what you got to say, say whatever. But and then when it gets a little bit more, it's yeah, you can see it's uh, scripted and you're like, oh, okay, this guy's, I'm sure he wants to say more than what he's saying, but he can't. Yeah. But I, I love like how you said it's bulletin points. Cause I just love to know when you were doing your first promo, you brought in, of course, Eddie's line of, you know, lies or, you know, yeah, li- yeah. yeah. So it, I'm interested, like, did you implement that yourself? Was it like a bulletin point that they gave you? Or were you kind of like, you know, let me do it. I, I can do this. No, you know, all Tony Khan and 
Cody and Kenny Omega, they just said, you know, this is our first time seeing you on TV. You're going to be the manager of Nyla Rose. You let us know what you want to do with the oh, wow. with being a manager. And so, you know, I had to put a little bit of Eddie in there and I, I wanted to implement the women's locker room with what, you yeah. know, I did with that promo. And it was just so much fun. I mean, you know, um, I go back to WWE, you know, if you've missed a line or important words or a, a point, I mean, you heard it when you went to the back and it just takes a little bit of yeah. your love away of the business because, you know, we're human. And, yeah. and sometimes, you know, that's, things happen and, and promos are good and nights are good and things don't go that great. And it was just, um, you get the silent treatment and you get, you get the days where people don't talk to you because things weren't read the way they wanted them to be read. But here, you know, when they say, just be you, I yeah. go out there and I'm Vicky Guerrero and I'm Nyla Rose's manager and whoever we're, you know, going against, I get to put all those elements of what I feel that is important for the promo and you know it's just um it's just a lot of fun and i'm i can relax and take my time that's just the one thing that i'm just loving and to work with nyla rose she is she's a funny impressive just a, the strongest woman i've ever met and so to have that camaraderie with her and that collaboration and she works so hard behind the scenes and to for us to keep creating it's just i mean i can't say enough that it's like I'm not going to work on Wednesdays. Yeah. I am going to have fun and we see what's going to happen for the night and we play it by ear and then we go and have fun with it. When you're doing a promo, it's hit or miss. Like you really got to nail it or you don't. And I feel like what you said, you're more comfortable when mm -hmm. you can be yourself. And I think that comes out in that promo, but I like how you nailed it. And like instantly, you know, my reaction to, to be honest with you, my reaction here was when I first seen it, I was like, first, again, I was happy. I was like, Oh, there's Jericho. Jericho's happy. Like it's very sincere. And then when you get in the ring, you're like, for all the women's division, it's like you know, it's like, and then you're like, kind of like, kind of crapping on. Like, I, it's like she's gonna steal your opportunities. I was like, uh, I was like, I, I, I'm mad. I'm, I'm furious at her now. I'm like, I, I don't like, I don't like her. But I'm like, she's doing this so well that I have to basically tell her that when we're on the podcast. It's like I appreciate her as a person. And I love her role on TV. But there's still that line that I'm just like, when she's if if someone was like said that to me in person, even if they're playing a role, I'm like, Oh God, like I, I hate you. <laughs> so yeah, I it's, don't, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but you know, it's uh, taking a little bit of Eddie and reminding the people of who gave me the, who showed me the respect and the yeah. love for the business first. Cause I, everything's about Eddie, you know I mean? When we got, we got, uh, together, he didn't discuss the business with me for about the first three or four years because oh, wow. he wanted to make sure that, I was going to understand what it was like for this family business that they've been involved in for years. And I can't, I can't see that because they didn't want the girlfriend to come in, get all the secrets and then go and tell the world that, Oh, oh yeah. this, is not, this is not even true. So um, I, I respected Eddie so much that little by little, he started, you know, getting me on the points of the business and, and showing me and teaching me. So um, to bring a little bit of Eddie in the promo AEW, it's just uh, reminding the fans that I love Eddie for what he gave me and his talent and legacy. But there's also, I'm Vicky Guerrero and I'm going to be able to, you know, go on my own and be my own character. And it's, I, I like it because I'm kind of separating, you know, an AW, I am Vicky Guerrero. I'm not, you know, part of Eddie, you know, with um, being as WWE, you know, so it's yeah. exciting a chapter in my life because I'm coming as my own person, literally, you know, by myself. And so it's a, it's a I'm looking forward to seeing where we're going to go with my character. If Eddie kind of was still here today, was there any plan like for him, like, you know, in wrestling to like, okay, I'm done at this point or I'm retiring. And I know these are all hypotheticals, but like, just say if he said, I'm going to give this in like five years. So 2010, he says it's done. It's over. Do you think you'd still be involved in wrestling? Do you think you have? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, good. Uh, we, we, ta we talked about that a lot because before Eddie uh, passed away, he was having a lot of, in he had a lot of injuries and his back was really messed up. And he had talked about that he would love to wrestle for maybe five more years. He wanted to open a school. That was his dream was to, you know, um, not just kind of mentor guys and to train them and to uh, have something on the side that was his. And then, you know, maybe be like a theater for, you know, WWE or another promotion that he could train these guys and get them ready to try out for other promotions. And that was something he always thought about. 
and you know the agent part wasn't so popular when Eddie was around. So yeah. you see the you see legends that were agents there at WWE, and I think that's something he would have been really good at too. You know, is to be able to work within WWE, you know, as an agent. But you know, seeing AEW, I can picture Eddie being there if he was around because he would have had a great time. You know, just knowing how stressful WWE was, AEW would just been like paradise to him. And do you think you'd still be like involved? like as much like in the promotion, like you being an, an on-air talent as well? You know, that I don't know because, you know, when, I, when he was around, I was the one who stayed home and raised yeah. the girls, and I was okay with that. You know, that was our agreement. And, I, you know, that people say, you know, what, would you have done this if he was around? And I, I don't know because I don't think I would have ever found my talent because if they had called me and said, hey, can we use Vicky as a heel or yeah. a superstar, I think we would have probably said no because you know I'm we want to raise our girls through high school so I think I would have to say that I would probably let Eddie lead the role you know and be and continuing his legacy that, that would have been my uh, choice yeah because like sometimes you don't know how those things are going to go like just say if Eddie's like the beloved face character and like again I, I'm not speaking for WWE or anything in that nature but they do have a concept or tendency of like okay let's like let's split up this happy little couple on TV. So, it's like, you know, like he's going out there like, I'm the WWE champion, like things going great. And the next minute you screw him over in a match and next minute you get instant heat. And then it's like, okay, it's like, why, why'd you do that for the fans? going to be like, so that's kind of what you're going to do with her character. Like you couldn't make her yeah. be a, like the helpful assistant or the helpful. You like, never know. No. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've kind of really liked the dark side of the ring. Like I, I like watching it. I, kind of you know as much as some of the stories are a little bit sad or like a little mm-hmm. bit dramatic to, to look into i mean it's eye-opening my kind of top three that i've watched i like owen hart that was a big one for me that i really liked watching Benoit's one was big like i remember waiting a whole week i always felt when you were younger and i i'm not trying to put you on the spot but like when he when Benoit passed and the whole situation i was like you know people were like oh that's that's terrible he's an asshole he's this i'm just like well, can we can we kind of wait for the whole story to come out? And then it's still a bit of a tricky situation because on the one side we see, um, you know, a notebook that's like a suicide kind of notebook, but the whole fact of like the brain injuries. And I'm yeah. on the fence of, we, when I watched it, you know, Jericho even saying, if you think we're going to like idolize a murderer, stop right now. And I'm like, okay, I'm okay. You got me. Like I'm fully invested. I'm open-minded going into this, but yeah, it was still kind of hard to to watch it and see what transpired. But in my mind, I'm like, this is a guy that once he kind of lost his best friend, it just spiraled and like yeah. really there. And like you, you mentioned some great points in it. Like here he is sitting in Eddie's room, going through stuff like bawling. And this is a man that just tough as they come. And I was like, okay, these are like signs, but it's just hard to, to watch. And I think in the documentary, it's mentioned like, of course, woman, um, I'm, I'm blanking on the name there. I feel Nancy. bad. I'm, yeah, yeah, Nancy. Nancy. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, when Eddie died, you were kind of in bed and she was the one who got you out of bed, said, listen, you got, you, you treat your, you treat your kids and handing you like getting you all together. So watching all this, seeing your input, like how did you get involved in this and what's your take on it? Like now well, or yeah, you know, um, when I was presented, you know, my nephew Chavo called me and told me about the project. And I think I saw him at an appearance, too. And he told me about this project. At first, I was skeptical because, yeah. you know, you think, you think about Chris Benoit. And, you know, when we were in WWE, he was not to be spoken of. I mean, there, we couldn't even talk about him or write about him on our social media, anything. And so slowly started letting me know that this is going to be our story of how we knew them as a family and friends. And to give a little insight of what he really was like, you know, he wasn't this monster, which, you know, the events that happened with him and his family, we will never be able to to know exactly what he was thinking or what he was going through. But for us to be able to show the relationship of him and Eddie and to uh, see how much he loved his kids and Nancy, they were, you know, just like any family, we all had our problems and, you know, we saw them fight and we saw them laugh and we saw them you know be romantic and you know it was just they were our family and for us to have that opportunity to say no this is the the beautiful side of chris that that would give his you know house to me if we were homeless i mean that that's who he was you know and to see 
the devastation of what was created with his family was heartbreaking to us because we not only lost, you know, this legend of a, you know, in the wrestling business, but we lost, you know, I lost my sister who was my best friend and these beautiful, you know, this beautiful kid that, you know, that we just love to death. But the one thing that we wanted to, that I wanted to show was that Chris contributed so much to the wrestling industry. You can't take that away. Whatever the story was and how they, he ended the life of his family and himself. He contributed so much and he, he gave everything that he had to the wrestling industry. And it wouldn't be to where it was today without him, Eddie, and all the past legends, you know, and everyone has contributed to the industry. It was my chance to be able to talk about how Chris did have a, a true heart. You know, when Eddie, you know, had passed and him and Nancy stayed with me for two weeks, I mean, you know, like I said, you know, I would find them on Eddie's side of the bed, you know, crying and in his gym. And I saw the true Chris Benoit that loved Eddie so much like a brother. And you don't realize how much it affected him until, of course, you know, you start seeing him get more quiet and isolate yeah. from everyone. But, you know, that's something that how do you handle that? I mean, how what do you say to someone, you know, hey, I think you're being really quiet, you know, <laughs> what's wrong? Because he was very, I mean, he was always isolated. I mean, he's just a quiet person. Now, if it was just me and Chris in the room, he'd sit down and just talk my ear off. You know, yeah. we would talk about the kids and whatnot. You know, I think this was a wonderful and beautiful project, how it was put together. And for Chris Jericho to get, you know, Nancy's sister and David and everyone all together to be able to do this special. I was happy to be a part of it and they did a great job on it and I'm very proud of it. When they got into all these details of, you know, his, his life, how he grew up. Um, but yeah, when I seen that part in the video where you're kind of discussing like him just being on the bed, like crying and stuff, I was like, and I think even Jericho mentioning he's kind of becoming a little bit caged off. I was like, you know, in fairness of what you said, it's like, how do you tell someone like, you know, that's going through stuff like, hey, you know what, you're kind of being quiet today. It's like, well, come on, like you, you kind of can assume that I'm quiet yeah. for a reason or like this stuff is not, you know, it's having a, a bad toll per se. Yeah. But but I, I mentioned to you off the hop, like, you know, once Austin and Rock were finished, Benoit and Eddie were kind of like the next coming for me to watch. So you can imagine for a fan like myself, once Eddie's gone and Benoit's gone, you're kind of like, okay, well, where am I, where do I go from here with wrestling? And I can be honest with you when saying once two of those left and Mark that was left on wrestling at the time, I was like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to really kind of watch it anymore. But then, yeah. you know, when you see AEW thriving and then you see other superstars come up like in WWE that kind of pay tribute to them, whether kind of wanting to or being told even if they're told not to, but they're still doing it, it just kind of gets you more invested. Like I, I believe now, I, I don't know your relationship with this superstar in general, but like I believe Sha Sasha Banks says that like Eddie was kind of one of her favorite wrestlers. Yeah. I, I mean, she has a, there's a lot of people who have a, a deep following for Eddie and they credit him to much of their legacy. Um, and you know, the, a lot of people loved him, you know, in his character or personally. So um, he left a great legacy, you know, and it, it makes me feel good when people, you know, contribute their, their hard work, you know, to watching Eddie and learning from him. And, you know, also in AEW, you know, at the last pay-per-view we just had uh, at Full Gear, you know, you see Chris Jericho use one of Eddie's cheat spots, you know, in his match. And that's something we can do at AEW because he was our family, you know, and yeah. he's our friend and he he's part of us, you know, so to bring these little tidbits of what Eddie used to do and to use them, you know, AEW, they can't take that away from us. And Jericho just has so much respect for, you know, Eddie that when I see that, I just sit there and smile. And hopefully one day I can use one of his spots, you know, to, to win a championship. And, you know, I'm working on that, you know, but it's just, it's fun. You know, it's something, if everyone has taken something to use of Eddie's, it shows the respect and love that they had for him. Now, in, in using one of those spots, I feel like that's very, I feel like it's a protected spot. So I'm wondering, like, are you going to do it as a, as a heel? Or are you going to do it as a face? Like, I, I feel like you could do it both ways, but it's just imagining, like, you helping the person win a belt by doing, like, the lie, cheat, and steal. And then, like, the fans are like, oh, how dare she? She, like, she pulled an Eddie on us. And then it's just, a, like, the fans are like, let her, let her do it. Like, they're, like, applauding, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, they're like, boo, but... It's a love-hate yeah. relationship. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs>
where do you see yourself going with AEW? Like, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. Sounds like it's very relaxed. I, I can tell just by the big, beautiful smile you have that you're loving your time there. Yeah. But what do you see yourself doing? Like, how long do you think you're going to be there? Like, what, what are some future plans you hope to do in AEW? You know, one thing I would love to do is build a stable you know, at WWE, I had different storylines that, you know, one after the other. I, you know, I want to take after uh, Taz and, and Arn and, you know, and Tully Blanchard to have like multiple people in one stable. And we're working on storylines to collaborate with that. But my, I think the biggest uh, blessing I would love is to work with AEW behind the scenes is whether it's a female liaison or administration or something to help with their company, you know, into promoting the, the product worldwide. I would love to be a part of that. I believe in the, the company. I believe in Tony Khan. I believe in how they just are, uh, they want to promote AEW to build this empire of, you know, bringing the fans the best entertainment and, you know, and possibly have another TV show. I would love to be behind the scenes in that too. My dream is to be, superstar first or if i can work you know behind the scenes i will take that in a heartbeat because it's just the whole organization is just amazing and and i just i sit back and going i want to be part of that too so i'm having fun as a superstar but uh if they want me to be you know something later on i am more than glad to accept Look at this classic Vicky, just open to anything, just like, you know, just have, just have, it's like, it's like one of those kids when you go in the room, it's like, I'm just happy to be here, but sure, like now that I'm here, it's like, what can I do? Yeah, it's I mean, like I'm the, 52 right now, yeah. you know what I mean? I can only get beat up for a few more years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, so I would like something behind the scenes where I don't have to worry about being chased or, you know, or found in some yeah, yeah. corner. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> It's like as much as like you respect like you know you're May Young. It's like you don't want to be getting put through a table at like 80 years old. And it's like, are you okay, May? It's like I'm okay, but that's because I'm crazy. Like I'm May Young. <laughs> you know, I used to watch her go down that ramp, and you know, I used to take care of her in the bath, you know, in the bathroom and the dressing room, and help her with her bags, and and I respected her so much because she loved the business so yeah. much. I love the business too, but yeah. there's going to be a point where I want to keep my dignity yeah. and, to, you know, know when to say when, but you know, yeah, that's just my, my dream right now is to uh, know when to say when, and then just keep continuing with the company and some other, you know, form of uh, production. It's just, it's crazy to me. Cause when you think about like people's legacies and like, you know, like some, like talking about Mae Young there, it's like, you know, there are those that remember her in her early days of wrestling. And it's like, you know, like, okay, whatever. And then there's people like myself that all we know kind of Mae Young is, yeah, we treasure her, we idolize her for like what she's doing in the business. But like you're thinking there's like, you have a new respect for like a chair shot to like the head, like a guitar shot from Jared. And you're like, I, if my nan was in the ring and doing that, I'd be like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, <laughs> I love it. I'd be like, I know you love it, but come on. Like just, yeah, there's, a, there's a line. In my life that I'm going to be yeah. like, I'm done. But yeah. the most important thing I'm doing for my life is that not only being a part of AEW, but I have my podcast and I, I'm writing my autobiography right now. And um, to be able to be in a role of uh, being a motivational speaker. And my heart is with families that are going through drug abuse and addictions I want to be that that person that I'm able to speak of my story and help others um, find their way to living a, a clean and sober life, you know. So there's other things I want to do in my life. And so if I can continue with AEW and still build my Excuse Me brand, yeah. that's something that's really important to me. I, and I feel like this could be a top-selling shirt in AEW, but it's like an Excuse Me shirt, like, you know, like have have that ready to go. Yeah, well, you know, I, I trademarked Excuse Me, so I have the rights to that. Oh, wow. and, uh, okay. I have merchandise. I have my, my podcast is, you know, called excuse me podcast. And I, I really, I'm really building my brand. So, you know, it's something that I'm really proud of. And I never thought that I was going to be able to do this, but um, I was determined. And so excuse me is mine. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to run well, with it. Well, that's good. Um, and of course, like, again, I, I want to kind of promote your material as well here. Explain a little bit how your podcast came to be and, and what you talk about. Cause I know you had, Chris Benoit's oldest son on, I believe, for an episode yeah. to kind of tie it back into the dark side of the ring. But again, promoting your podcast, like I like how in the end, like again, it's all, it's TV. It's, it's good for like people to see it, but like they never really have Nancy's sister and Benoit's son in it till the very end where he kind of, kind of has these breakdown moments. She's there. And I'm like, I'm like the whole time, like, 
are they okay? Like, do they, you know, connect with people or connect with each other? And to see that, that was great. But I love how you yeah. have him on your podcast. So I'm, I'm assuming you guys are still close and I'm, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad he has, you know, a support group around him, but like, what kind of things do you talk about in your excuse me podcast? Like, I feel like a little bit of a joke here but before you mention it, it's like, you know, it's almost like, these are all the things that I say, excuse me for. And I'd be like, I still, <laughs> I still listen to it, but I'd just be like, I was expecting more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my podcast is something that was presented to me uh, from Jerry Strauss. He's a producer of many podcasts. And uh, he said, hey, I'd love to, you know, use you to do a podcast. I think you'd be great. And, I've, you know, I never thought it was going to work, but I just celebrated my one-year anniversary. And my podcast is not just about wrestling. Um, I have actors and politicians and uh, musicians and comedians. I mean, I just want to have a whole variety of entertainment. But mostly I focus on the wrestling industry because I, I love learning about these new up and coming, you know, wrestlers that are young and they're getting into the business. And it's my opportunity to be able to show a little bit of my experience and give some advice to them and to hear their story and to see how some of my, my guests have gone from the Indies to AEW and to WWE. This is what success is about. And I love for that one hour to highlight them. And it's, it's a chance for me to be able to, uh, show the world that, you know, I, I don't just talk in the microphone. I talk in the microphone to, to get to know people and to share their story with the world. And, and there's a lot of stories out there that have been uh, triumphs and successes and failures, but it's for the, a chance for them to just to let them, the world know, you know, this is how I did my story and this is how I found my success. And it's something really rewarding because um, these are my friends and I've made new friends in the podcast. So to be able to uh, share that and to do it. And I do all the work now because I'm by myself in this. Um, it's, it's rewarding and I like it a lot. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Vicky Guerrero for coming on to the show. Remember... You can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.